Welcome to Best Friend Simulator, a quality hangout in podcast form with your simulated best friends, Josh and Dennis. Well, it finally happened. What's that, Dennis? I got fired. Oh, no, man. That's terrible. Yeah. What? Okay, what what happened? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Come on. You owe it to me. Hi, I'm Josh, everybody. And you know, uh, you I'm owe Dennis. it to the best friend simulator maniacs out there. That was hard to say. Uh, okay. Yeah, come on. We're here for you, well, man. You know, we talk about our fart problems. We've got them. Fart problems. Who's got them? Lo- that's my favorite 80s R&B rock song. That's a Carly Rae Jepsen for you. She sings about fart problems? Yeah, she's got really bad IBS and is a spokesperson for it. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That she's speaking, and she's spokesing about it. Yeah. Good for her. Okay, so you got farts, much like Carly Rae. And it was, it was, too, it was too much? They didn't, they didn't want it anymore. You got fart fired? Mm-hmm. I think, I think I was discriminated against. For being a gross fart boy? I mean, it hurts when you say it like that, but yeah, I guess. I don't know if that's uh, a, a group that's protected, that has protected status in this country. Isn't it? Fart Shouldn't boys? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it be? Hmm. Perhaps. No. No, you don't think it should be? I think as a fart boy yourself, you have to take responsibility for those farts, you know? Yeah, but I mean, should I be fired for this? No, but did you take precautions? Because I'm a stank to to help master? out with those farts. Uh, did you did you, for example, have a fart candle? No. There's your there's your first problem. Like you fart into the candle? No, you just light and then, light candles that helps with you? the farts. Come on, you've been around but, me and my fart candles. Yeah, but it's weird. I work in an office. It would be weird if I just had candles in the middle of the day. What's weirder, coming in and seeing a candle on your coworker's desk, or coming in and getting yes. hit with a wall of stink shit stink? Shit, st- uh, they're both equally weird. I'd say the shit stink one is a lot less attractive. I don't think that's weird. I just think it's gross. It's, it's nasty. I'd rather be weird than nasty to people. Do I have to carry around my candle like an Ebenezer Scrooge type character? That that's a great. That maybe that could be like your your cool affectation. You know, you know how like some guys wear like wacky ties to work you uh-huh. can carry a little fart candle around in front of you there's old fart candle d over there huh <laughs> it's the fart candleman <laughs> yeah the people i work with aren't good at coming up with nicknames yeah they're terrible at it that's why hence, you know it's, hence, it's for the best you got out of that place um yeah but now okay now i'm leaning solely on podcast income Ooh, shit yeah well i got some bad news for you uh, uh, the Patreon's not working? I was checking out the, the BFS bank account. Okay. Uh, all right. Ooh, hold on, hold on. Okay. Get out your, uh, Give it your, to your me. calculator. You might want to get your little arm guards, little arm garters, and your, oh, your, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, your, your yeah. little visor with the green. Got it. Yeah, okay. Uh, we're in the red, baby. Yes! We finally did it. Josh, congratulations. No, no, I knew we could do it. Finally in the red. Red on fire, right? No. It, unless I'm mistaken, I believe red means we are uh, negative 
several hundred dollars since the beginning of Best Friend Simulator. Oh, why is it red? It seems such like a happy, exciting yeah, color. I think the green is where you want to be, baby. In the green. In the green. Stick it in between. In the green. Wait, what? Your money. In between what? Your wallet cheeks. <laughs> yeah? I don't think I don't think anybody calls them wallet cheeks. That's a phrase. Well, it is now. I'm kidding. I didn't get fired, Josh. No. This is a comedy program, and I like to make jokes. Well, I know you're concerned about it, so can I make a suggestion based on my own experience? Sure. Could you, in your office, perhaps get uh, an air compressor installed? A compressor? Like a... Like a, when somebody has like in a, in a shop class and they go, and yes. it blows the air really or, fast. Or, for example, in a metal fabrication shop, you have a, a hose right next to you. Mm-hmm. And when I fart, I just hit it with the air compressor and it just pushes you it just away. Stick, you stick it up your butt? No. Yeah, I think you would get sick if you did that. I don't know. I don't I don't work in a, one of those places. No, I just I let the fart rip and then pssst, some high pressure air really... Breaks it up. What do your coworkers do when they see you just spraying this hose all willy-nilly, not at any metal shavings? Nobody sees me. Is that like a hope or a fact? It's a fact. Okay. Technically, I didn't really get employed there. I just go there at night. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I'm waiting on that check, though. It's going to be great when I get it. They're going to pay you a little extra, I hope. I hope so. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's up, man? Uh, so... Oh, real quick. Sorry, uh, this episode was a little late in coming out. Life's been a little bit hectic. As I don't, why did I say it that way? Yeah, when we wait until the weekdays to record, it's a big problem. Yeah, and it's been just a hectic time over here at uh, BFS Studios West. But it's a beautiful Sunday. It's not beautiful, but it is Sunday. A beautiful Sunday afternoon, early evening. And we're getting her done. Yeah, man, we're here. We are. I'm chock full of Vietnamese food. I got some Skittles on my desk. I'm ready to go. You know, we're also getting something else done today, Josh. What's We might as well. I think we need to get this out of the way. Yeah. We were going to wait until the end of the episode, but let's just talk about it. Yeah. Dennis and I are getting married. We're not getting married. I would never marry you. We're going to live in sin. I wouldn't even live with you again. You wouldn't? No. That's fucked up. Remember last episode we were talking about how I would let you come live here? Oh, when you're old, I'll let you live with me, but... Yeah, when I'm old and homeless, you're not going to let me live with you? Yeah, I'll let you... No, yeah, I'll do that when you're old and homeless, because then, um, it, you know, I'll have something over you, and then you won't fuck around in my house. What's that supposed to mean? You know, you'll be like... Define fucking around. You'll be like, thank you, you're not going to be asking me to hang up your stupid posters all over the place. I got this Neon Maniacs poster, it'd look great here in the bathroom. Not again, not again! Do you think that would be the end of our friendship if we lived together, like, uh, odd couple style, and I, ju- and I just tore up your Neon Maniacs poster in front of you? Ooh. I'm ready to take the risk. I think that'd be a mistake, because I think I'm gonna be pretty spry when I'm old. Like? Based on absolutely nothing. I was gonna say, in a way that you're not now? That is a anyway, prediction <laughs> based on absolutely nothing. Let's step back. We are not ma- getting married. We're no, not we're not getting married. Together. We are... Going to end the podcast. We are. But but before before you get sad, today, on this very day, in the Lord's calendar, on the Roman calendar, or whatever calendar you use, yeah. we are recording episodes of a new podcast yes. that we will not be talking about today. Yes. 
We're still getting things dialed in. And we're, we're very excited about it. And we're bringing a friend in on this one uh, who, if you are a dedicated BFS maniac, you, you may recognize. So if you like us, I think you'll like the new thing. I we'll think see. so. We still got to work out some, some, some kinks. Yeah. And also, this isn't the end of Best Friend Simulator. I want to say that. This, we're, we're going on an indefinite hiatus. But fact of the matter is, we're still paying for the, the podcasting service until September, I believe. And who knows, man? We might come back. Dennis and I are always going to be best friends until he rips up my Neon Maniacs poster in, Wait, in so 40 if, years. If we don't come back, do they just delete our podcast? Yes, I need to figure that out. Oh. Yeah, how much How much could it be? We'll talk about it off We'll talk about it off air. This isn't good. I mean, we're in the red, so yeah. we got money to burn. Hey, we'll get it figured that's out. What that, that's what that means, right? In the red, money to burn. Burn is red. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, we have two... After this episode, you'll have... We'll have two more episodes. We will be doing and one more episode on the Montauk Project. And then we will be doing our final episode, Spectacular. Yes. We'll have everyone who's ever been on the podcast... Will not be on it. But everybody we've imagined would be on the podcast will be on it. Yes. We'll have just like great. It'll be great fun. It'll be good. It'll be a touching moment for all of us. And then, and then we're gonna stop. And we're gonna do a new thing. Put our energies or, into something else. Or nothing at all. I am still on the fence. Well, wait. That's... I mean, no. We're gonna do a new thing. No, you have to do it because otherwise, I'm gonna wind up doing a weird podcast by myself. Uh, Yo, you thought no, you thought nobody listened to this podcast? Exactly. I did pitch to Dennis. That maybe we should do a podcast where we go through the Fawford and Grey Mouser series by Fritz Leiber, uh, being two fictional fantasy best friends, uh, my, my, my favorite fictional friends in the world of fiction. But Dennis uh, made a rolly eyes face at that when I sent him that text message. So that's out. So would we read the podcast on the air or would we just talk about the book? <laughs> you don't read a podcast. Whoops. Would we read the <laughs> I hate you. would we read the book on the air? No, or just talk. Ugh. Most of them, uh, most of the Fawford and Gray Mauser stories are short stories, so it would be a great way to tackle it. And the fact of the matter is, I don't know anybody else who would want to read those stories with me. That is like one of my best friends, so I guess I'm never going to do that podcast. It's you know, I'm glad you brought up reading. I'm having a real problem because you never learn how to read. That'll be, that's your first problem, buddy. No, the problem is, so I went to graduate school. I'm not bragging. I'm just setting the, setting the story. And I graduated about six years ago. And since then, I can't, I don't, I could probably count on one to two hands how many books I've read. Yeah. It really ruined me. I don't know if it's just graduate school, though, buddy. Okay. I think this is a widespread thing happening to a lot of people. I think, you know, we got our, our little phones. That's with, for sure. With our little social medias and all, all of our stuff. That is really taking a lot of attention. And I think shortening our attention spans. So sitting That's down true. to read a book, I think, is is getting harder for people. I, I'm there. I, you know, I'm a long-term bibliophile myself. And I even, like, last year, the number of books I read was down, like, by half at least. And that makes me wow. really sad. So I'm working on... Wow. I'm working on it. Yeah, I have a lot of, I have a bunch of books I really want to read. 
And I just, I don't know, I get like 10, 20 pages into them, and... Mm. I read a book on the bus. Like, in its enti- I read a book in its entirety just mm. on the bus in the morning. On mornings. the bus. Is that a sequel yeah. to On the Road? Oh my god. No, it was a... It was a... Um, one of the Dresden file books. Ah. It was the first one. By Jim Butcher. And I, yes, and I read it exclusively on the bus. And I was like, okay, I could do this. So I got the second one. I just never picked it up. Okay. I got actually got two copies of the second one because Alexis got me a copy for Christmas after I ordered myself one. Nice. And I just never read it. Oh. You didn't start reading it or just didn't even. Uh. No. Hmm. I never. I, I I started picking up a nonfiction book to read on the bus, and that might have been a mistake. Yeah. Oh, funny. But I got a stack of nonfiction books too. Dry ass. I know, but I gotta I gotta get smarter. That's true. I also have a stack of graphic novels to read. Yeah, man. So, what I've discovered is I think reading is kind of a muscle, in a sense. A, a metaphorical muscle. It's not like a real okay. reading muscle. And I think it's one of those things, the more you get yourself to sit down and do it, the easier it gets for you to do again. Because I have, I've always had my, I think as a person with ADD, I've always had my periods where I read a ton and then I get distracted and something else happens for a little while and I don't read as much. And then I come back to it. And I, I think that's the thing. I think it's just a matter of taking some time out of your day and dedicating it. This is when I read. So I've been trying to read when I eat breakfast in the mornings. Oh, that's a good idea. And that, that's been helpful because I'm sitting there and that's normally time that I'm like looking at, I don't know, bikes on the internet. And that's not as enriching as yeah, reading. I have a re- yeah, I have a reminder on my phone to read in the evening and then I look at it and then I yeah. turn it off. Also, another thing that could be of assistance is maybe get your phone and put it somewhere else while you're reading. So the temptation isn't there to be like, oh, who's hot mailing me? Who's hotmailing me? That's the thing I say to my phone all the time. I know. That's, I've, I've heard you say it. I think, uh, yeah. Also, a problem is, like, I think about I'm going to go read in bed. And my yeah. bedroom isn't really conducive to reading. Yeah. Like, I, the lamp is, like, at eye level. It's, it you know, it doesn't go. I don't have a light over my head, which I think is right, important. Right, right. Yeah, that's a, a kind of a thing I've run into. I used to be a big bedtime reader. But I was a late night boy. Now, mm. I'm an early morning boy. I get up at 5 a.m. So when I go to bed, I usually fall right the fuck asleep. I'll read like a page and I'm done. Right, right. So that's that. losing that time was pretty hard for me. Mm. Maybe, okay, here's an idea. What if we get fart fired and then we have plenty mm-hmm. of time to read? And then how do we pay the bills? Uh... BFS Maniacs, what do you say? You want to help your two favorite podcast hosts learn how to read again? I don't think they want to. Are you sure? If you, But if this happened to you, dear listener, and you have suggestions, please pass them on because I'm, uh, I'm down. Yeah, absolutely. I want to hear what you've done. I also have these friends on Instagram that read like a book a week and I don't like them. They're, They're making me feel bad. Fucking liars is what they are. I don't think they're lying. I no, think they're just. They're I don't lying. think they have any. I don't think they have anything else to do with their lives. I'm very busy. <laughs> I have many, many interests. I think I'm a manual laborer now, so I don't need to read books. Mm-hmm. If I showed you the level that I got on this stupid puzzle game on my phone, that I, the level that I got to, you would you would know that I was lying about. 
time than I have to do things. What level is that? It's like 610. Nice, dude. Yeah, I'm doing it. Kick that free game right in its stupid ass. You're the you're the puzzler. I'm the, ooh, the puzzler. Yeah, that, that my, was it. That my, was bad. My favorite ripoff Batman villain. <laughs> yeah. Ah, puzzle me this, Batman. Here's a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> I'm still fleshing it out. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, send me um, your ideas about how I can read more and stuff. Yes. Want to know about it. Miss books. So, Dennis. Yeah. yeah. I, had a, I had a dream about you the other night. Ooh, and sexual. It, it left me wondering about something. So I, uh, first I'll describe the dream. It was not a sexual Please. dream, for starters. So just so you, I don't want you to be uncomfortable. Do you ever think anybody's ever had a sexual dream about you? About me? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm i pretty certain no one ever has had a sexual dream of me. <laughs> well, that's not true. Our friend Catherine had a dream about me where I was a, a tiny, like creature thing <laughs> and just went meh which that makes sense that makes sense yeah yeah i could see if you were like a fantasy version of you you could be like a little kind of like a labyrinth type yeah which o- yeah which man. only makes me th- which only makes me think that people find me annoying which could be true it's probably true well, i think you're funny Usually. i didn't say i didn't say i'm funny i said annoying that's different i know i'm funny well, i'm just saying you're funny so, this dream... Mm, go ahead. Uh, it's, it's pretty simple. I know a lot of people don't like hearing about dreams, so I'll keep it short, brief. Uh, I was rooting around in my refrigerator, found a jar of pickles, took a pickle out, and looked around the corner, the edge of the door, and there was Dennis, and I slapped him in the face with the pickle, and okay. then we both said out loud simultaneously, Pickle friends! <laughs> so yeah, I woke good, up... That's a good dream. I woke up and was like, is this a thing Dennis and I have established already? Because it sounds super familiar. I don't think so. Do we have pickle friends established? No. We've talked about slapping each other. We might, we probably slapped each other in the face with food before, but I don't remember pickle friends. Definitely. But I don't think it's ever led to like a joyous catchphrase in unison. No, I would do that. That sounds good. Should we do that? Pickle friends. Yeah. Be pickle friends or actually slap each other in the face with pickles? Both. I think one leads to the other. Sounds about right. Yeah. And I've been getting these uh these these slicers, these dill slicers. You had these? No. Like they're, they're like they're sliced for sandwiches. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandwich slices. Sure. Who who hasn't? Yeah. And I think that would be a great slap and pickle. Man, I've been thinking a lot about sandwiches lately. I, I recommend them. Like I wanna start I'm gonna get back into like making sandwiches at my house. Yeah. I've been real into like a, a tofurkey sandwich myself. Yeah. I can do that. What would you put on a sandwich with, like, because uh, I've been thinking about getting back into uh, sandwiches for lunch. Okay. I started. Classic. I, Classic combo right there, man. Lunch and I'm sandwiches? Real, you shitting you me? It. I'm real you fucking busy kidding me? So I started trying these, like, little, like, uh, shake. It's got everything you need for a meal, but it's in a drink. Yeah, nobody needs that. You know who, you know who drinks those? People dying on hospice care. I know, but I was like, oh, this will be quick and will give me everything I need. Man, that shit makes me... Wait, do you know that? Yeah, like, uh, um, uh, Ensure, right? That's a real big, like, yeah, yeah. older folk drinks a thing, gets all their nutrients kind of thing. That's yeah. fine. That's what my dad was drinking before he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, that's a, yeah, thanks for bringing that up on a comedy <laughs> podcast. Um, 
I'm just gonna glance right over. I'm not even gonna ask you if you're okay. Um, no, it's yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> the problem is drinks like these now are ma- being made popular by like tech bros. Yeah, and so I don't want to be associated with that. So I drink this thing, and it's like I'm full for like two hours, and then I'm like, and it's like got enough calories for a whole meal. It's just not enough sustenance. So I want to go. I used to do salads, but I'm thinking about going back to sandwiches. I miss sandwiches. They're great, man. But I also got to stay away from luncheon meats because they're bad. Yeah. You got them nitrates the, in them. The they salt, got them, the preservatives. They got the, the the devil ham. You can't eat that anymore. You can't have deviled ham. Devil ham. I, I can't. What's the devil ham? It's the devil slices ham off of people's heinies in hell. And then he sends it up in the elevator. The elevator. To where? To the deli. And you buy it? I mean, I, I, I don't. But the men do. The men. Yeah. They love that devil ham. I'll have a devil ham sandwich, please. Where was this that you saw this? This was at uh, Johnny's Deli. Oh, where is that located? Over on Front French Street. And may I ask who the proprietor of Johnny's Deli is? Big Billy. Wait, why does Big Billy own Johnny's Deli? I, I got it from my brother. He's dead in hell. Are you Big Billy right now? I'm Big Billy. Can't... Come on in and have a, a a devil ham sandwich. And he told you the story of how the ham is prepared off of the butts of sinners? When Big Johnny died, he started sending the devil ham up to me. And I trade oh. I trade to him for glasses of cool water. Except so that, it's I think his... they get hot by the time they get to my brother in hell. So his brother's in hell. Yes. Now is the proprietor of the Hell Deli, the Helly? Me, Big it? Billy. No, 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 no. His brother, Big Johnny, is in Hell as the proprietor of the Hell Deli, sending up slices of devil ham in exchange for cool water. Cool glasses of water. Okay. What's Big Billy's last name? Blizzazio. Big Billy Blizzazio. I make the best devil ham sandwiches in the state of Munchalzia. <laughs> and what else is on the sandwich? You got some pickles for your pickle friends. Sure. <laughs> there you go. That's where it came from. You got some angel mustard? Um, do I wish I do I want to ask what angel mustard is? Probably not. Okay, so <laughs> thank you for your honesty, Big Billy. So you put some angel mustard on what kind of bread are you talking about here? I'm talking about some uh some ecto bread that come off a of ghost. Ecto bread, angel mustard, devil ham. You got any any other condiments, veggies, pick, pickles? What else? A leprechaun. A, a whole leprechaun. One full leprechaun. Alive? You pickle them in piss. A piss-pickled leprechaun? Piss-pickled leprechauns. It's a delicacy over here in Munchausia. Come on down to Big Billy's. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on down to Big Johnny's. Oh shit Yo how does Johnny feel that you trying to change the name He's in hell What the fuck can he do <laughs> I don't think I'd eat that fucking devil Listen, ham. listen he might- here I-, I killed I killed my My, my only employee <laughs> And he's gonna go down and take over Did you kill your brother Don't go saying stuff like that now I, I didn't say anything I'm just asking a question Big Billy's killed people for saying less than that What okay what is the least thing you've killed somebody for saying? 
Somebody told me that I had an un- unzipped zipper on my pants. And you killed him? It was true. Why was he looking at my little hoo-ha business? <laughs> Who looks at that? I guess he was trying to be a friend. That's where the secret of the angel mustard comes from. Oh, Jesus Christ. He was trying to steal my secrets. I don't want to. I'm done. Come back. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm done. Scene's over. Bye now. (laughs) Come on down to Big Johnny's. No. That angel mustard is not. That's not okay. Dennis. I was just. (laughs) Are you okay? What happened? I blacked out. I I think you had a stroke. Oh. Wait. It looks like we've been recording for a while. What's happening here? Yeah. Just let it go. Man. I really want a sandwich now. You broke broke your brain. All right. All right. Josh, I think it's time to get into Josh's Paranormal Portal. We're back with part two of the Montauk Project. So last episode, we discussed the Philadelphia Experiment, how it used sort of an electromagnetic field to create a bottle of sorts Uh that kind of basically made... The USS Eldridge become unstuck in space and time. All Mm -hmm. type of wild shit happened there, Jack. And the Montauk Project sprang forth from the original findings of that. Okay. Uh, We encountered a gentleman named Preston Nichols, uh, as well as two guys named Duncan Cameron and Ed Cameron. And they started to unravel the mysteries of the Montauk Project. And which was the person, I remember you talking about somebody uh, said they were a security guard, and it turned out they... They were trying to say that they were in the original project. So there was there was a security guard there who was just like kind of like a walk on character, I believe. I think uh, Preston Nichols met him at the base, if I recall correctly, while he was out there exploring. And it was a homeless guy living there. But Duncan Cameron came to him, if you'll recall from last episode. Yes. Uh, he's a psychic and Preston Nichols does psychic research. And Duncan realized that he had been programmed to kill Preston Nichols. Whoa. But Preston Nichols like helped him with this and they overcame the programming. So Preston, Duncan, and Duncan's brother Ed decided we need to figure out what's going on here at the Montauk Project or what happened, that is. Mm. So they started to recover memories, basically, that they were there. Duncan said, I remember you working there. And I'll get into the stuff we have ready for this week. Preston uh, was experiencing... A lot of confusion at this point because he had memories that didn't seem to match up with the information that they were discovering. Everything he was finding out pointed to the fact that Preston kind of held a very pivotal position at the Montauk Project. Okay. And the information he was getting from Duncan led to the same. But Preston was like, I have very distinct memories of like doing other things with my time while I was doing this. What's going on? So one thing about Preston, I mentioned he was a big researcher into psychic phenomena I also mentioned he was a, a, a radio nerd of sorts, mm-hmm. not the Wolfman Jack kind, like the ham radio kind. He also ran his own business called Space Time. Yeah, hit me. Can I, can I interject? Yeah. Is that cool? Do you think ham radio is, is cool to get into? Like, could it be? I mean, it depends. What Look, cool is very subjective. You think, I mean, I'm asking, do you think we're missing out on some cool stuff? No. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a world for us. Let's say I'm happy with my dumb bullshit. I like fair enough. So Preston was at this time running a business called space time laboratories. He worked on a lot of very fringy psychotronic technology. I don't know what that sentence meant, but it sounds really cool. Psychotronics are basically 
ways to affect the mind with electronics. Okay. Stuff like I mean, the type the type of shit you see advertised in the back of like or you used to see advertised in the back of like weird catalogs like Fate and Forty and Times and stuff like that. Like, hey, change your dreams with this device. All that type of stuff. So he into, was possibly into dreams about pickle friends. Exactly. Dreams where you're yeah. So one of the, the projects, Preston, he's he's a real renaissance man. I'm just gonna put that out there. At least according to his reckoning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He was developing something called a Delta T antenna. And this device, Dennis, what, do you want to guess what that did? Uh, um, uh, made you only, made you really get into Delta Blues. Ooh, that'd be a cool one. Yeah, you're welcome. No, this is a little less cool than that. This, this Delta T antenna could allegedly bend time. Whoa. Yeah. And one of the things that's great in the the original Montauk Project book is he talks about this a little bit, but like just drops it like it's just like technology that's yeah cool that's that's you know a thing you can just bend some no time with this thing yeah you make in your trailer yeah we all have one right yeah can you explain the difference between bending time and um, going back in time yes one of them is you basically take the time continuum. And sort of warp it a little bit. And the other one is a, a Huey Lewis joint. Back in time. Okay. Yes. Um, all right. Okay. So Preston here, he'd be fucking around with his Delta T antenna, bending time and all, all type of shit willy nilly. Yep. And he recovers memories and realizes that his conflicting memories are because he existed in two parallel timelines at the same time. What? Sort of, uh, I guess this is... Uh, Akin to the, the 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 Mandela effect type of logic, if y'all know what, about that, which we've talked about in the past a few right. times. Right. Yeah, basically two timelines. He is the amalgamation of two different Preston Nichols from two different timelines. Uh, in one of them, he had nothing to do with the Montauk Project, was just doing his thing, just fucking ham radioing up and down all across the town. And the other one, he was deeply embedded in the the... The dark machinations of the Montauk Project. Is that where hamming it up comes from? Maybe. We'll we'll look into that. We'll get back now to you guys in, for next week. Now, in, please. Now, in the one timeline, does the Montauk Project happen and he's not involved? Or does the Montauk Project only happen in the, the timeline where he's involved? Maybe that's too... I don't... He didn't get into time. that, but I don't think it happened in the other one, maybe. Because he was a very pivotal character in this, so I don't, I don't okay. know. Yeah. Got it. Got it. As we mentioned last episode, the successor to the Philadelphia experiment was a project called Phoenix. And they were the ones that got funding, basically kind of the, the, the black funding from the military to utilize the psychotronic side effects of the Philadelphia experiment. You remember uh, the, the sailors that were on the USS Eldridge came back all fucking crazy yeah, yeah. and stuff. You know, the ones that weren't fused with the ship itself and all that. So... We mentioned the Sage Radar last episode, which was at Camp Hero uh, on Montauk itself. So basically, Air Force personnel working at Camp Hero noticed that the mood of the base depended on which frequencies and pulse durations were being used on the Sage Radar itself. Depending on what the radar was doing, the whole mood of everyone on the base would change somewhat. So one second, you got like a... You got a bunch of fucking Mopey Harrigans on the, the base. 
Explain Next second, means. you got like a... You got a bunch of guys ready to fucking go, if you know what okay. I'm saying. I gotcha. Real horny. Horny? Horny. Sure. Oh, okay. I'm sure you can fucking blast them with some radar waves and make a guy ready to down the clown, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... That's pure speculation on the part of BFS here. I don't want anybody to think that the very credible reporting of Preston Nichols and Peter Moon in the Montauk Project book suggests anything of the sort. Yeah, we don't think the radio signals had two two choices. Mopey Harrigan or ready to fuck. Mopey or horny as hell. <laughs> so Phoenix, working off of this information, decided, well, maybe we could start testing this radar, radar on subjects. Uh, so they started to pull people from the military. They were using Camp Hero in a way as kind of like a, a downtime base. Like they would get people who were rotating off duty or something or people that needed to kind of come back and, and just like chill for a little while. They're like, hey, you can come spend some downtime here. We'll have it set up as like a little resort. You know, it's nice. It's on the island and everything. But in reality, they were taking them, putting them in a room and blasting them with huge amounts of radio and microwaves. Sounds like quite a vacation. It's wonderful vacation. So according to Preston et al., the radar waves did actually affect emotional states, but also caused massive internal damage to most of the subjects. I think Whoa. it fucked up their brains, their lungs. And we discussed Duncan Cameron earlier, how he was deeply connected to not only the Montauk Project, but that he was an original crew member of the USS Eldridge. I think we mentioned that. If not... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I realized I just nodded, and that's not um, radio-friendly. Yeah. So Duncan Cameron was one of the the test subjects from the the early Phoenix days. And Preston, in the Montauk Project book, claims that Duncan Cameron, he's actually brain-dead from these experiments. But he's such a powerful psychic, he could still function. Again, much like the Delta T transmitter, I don't, doesn't explain any of that. Yeah, I don't think that's how being brain dead works. Yeah, it just doesn't he's really... He's brain dead, but he's super smart, so he's okay. No, he's psychic. Sure. Yeah, his, his extrasensory powers. Yeah. So the Phoenix Project realized that the radiation that came directly out of the radar, which they called burning radiation would basically fry the subjects but the radar waves that came out of the back end much like your your farts that got you fired uh-huh didn't hurt anyone but had the same mood altering effects that's what i'm talking about yeah man so i think what they wound up doing was basically pointing the <laughs> pointing the dish upwards and making a chamber below it and then they would bring the subjects in and experiment on them there that sounds wacky. That sounds like... Oh, that sounds wacky? That sounds like some wacky science. Yeah, that's the non-burning radiation that comes out of the, the back end. The yeah, end. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they kept experimenting. Uh, they realized they could match the pulse rate and amplitude of the radar system uh, with the biological functions of the body, and they were able to control a person's thoughts and actions at this point, which we got into last episode. We discussed how... There were, like, the the teenage flash mobs nearby. Oh, right. There were the weird crime waves that would break out very briefly and then suddenly stop. 
So that was the result of all these experiments that they were doing. Now, we're going to step away from Montauk, and we're going to take a step into the world of ITT Worldwide Communications, uh, which was a corporation that allegedly developed a mind-reading device that could translate the electromagnetic field, or aura, surrounding a person, that was with air quotes, into understandable data points. ITT was owned by the Krupps family, mm-hmm. who were also pivotal in the creation and funding of Phoenix. Yeah, they, they were connected in, I think they had something to do with the Nazi gold or something, if I'm not mistaken, that we talked about last episode or whatever. Ooh. Also, ITT developed this mind-reading technology with assistance from aliens from Sirius. I don't know if you remember the ITT tech commercials when I you were younger. I was thinking about that constantly. <laughs> in the Philadelphia area, I don't know if it was nationwide, but in I the Philadelphia think. area, there was an ITT tech, which was um, basically a vocational school where you can go to learn automotive repair or electrical right. stuff. Uh, I think they closed down. I'm not sure. But it was a it was a commercial that would constantly come on the UHF stations, so... Yeah, and they would... They developed alien technology. It has to be the same. It has to be the same. I'm, I mean, and, it makes for a good story, too. Yeah. And I recall the student testimonials from those commercials. Makes me wonder if some of those people hadn't been fried by microwaves. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Space Aliens. Uh, this, this I got from the second Montauk Project book. Yes, I've read multiple of these books. Hey, we are uh, serious uh, investigative journalists. Hey, I'm serious, but I'm no alien. hey But yeah, there's no info on how that happened, how the, the Syrians got in touch, not Syrians from Syria, the Syrians from the planet Sirius. Well, that's confusing. Or the star. I don't know what. Syriusians. Yeah, it's really important that I make that distinction, too, because this yes. isn't all a bunch of made up bullshit that some perverts made up. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we got to be clear on the vocabulary here. Need everybody to know that. Super important. So, since the Krupps were involved in the Montauk project and they were involved in ITT, this information found its way to Camp Hero. And they were able to convert it into a mind control device that could counteract uh, some of the negative psychotronic effects of their experiments. You know, just the way they were, like, messing with people's brains and stuff. In 1974, this new device is used to construct the single most important piece of technology to come from the Montauk Project, the Montauk Chair. It's just like a like a real comfy lazy boy or something? Totally. It's got, like, a little drink holder in it. Ooh. It, like, can give you, like, a massage? It's got, like, one of those shiatsu things in there. It got one of them pockets I can put my TV guide in? Exactly, dude. Noise. Noise. No, it actually allowed psychics to broadcast their thoughts instead. So, yeah, they were doing all kinds of experiments where they would have a psychic in the chair, and then they would have the, the ITT technology somewhere else, mm-hmm. out of the room, in another part of the country even, picking up these thoughts. So these experiments were partially successful, but they kept getting like static and the the transmission would break up a lot. And they realized that there were sort of like time glitches happening. Uh, So basically the way this works in this, they get super technical with this. I'm not even going to try to completely explain it. Go pick up the Montauk Project book if you for some reason want to know the details of this stuff. 
basically the way it works was that the the psychics were projecting a new reality along with their thoughts, which caused time to get all fucking wackadoo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to try to explain that. I think uh, Nichols and Moon do give some kind of explanation into it, but it's not easy to follow. <laughs> no. Get out of town. So they figure out a way to fix this and build a new chair using the offensioned Delta T coils that helped Preston realize that he was an amalgamation of two Preston Nichols from parallel worlds. Over time, they continue using the Montauk chair, but ultimately, Mr. Duncan Cameron, his own self, becomes the only subject to use the chair because he had some kind of special training that allowed him to suppress his conscious mind at will, which sounds like the dopest skill on the planet, and I would love to know how to do that because sometimes mm-hmm. I just want to shut my goddamn brain off mm-hmm. and just sit in a chair and open up a portal or something. Oh, I mean, I think we all want to do that, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Anybody out there knows how to do it, hit me up. Duncan? Duncan, can you hear me? Duncan? You think he's reading your thoughts from the chair? I don't know. I think he's dead. Oh. I forget who's dead and who's alive. Who knows? Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he was able to enter this state, and then the mind control devices could take over and make him do certain things. So in time, these experiments led Duncan in the chair to create solid objects from thought alone. Uh, Initially, he would make very unstable small objects, some like, you know, they would be immaterial or wouldn't last long or anything. But over time, he was eventually eventually able to make large permanent objects, including like buildings and stuff on Camp Hero. He used a technique referred to as the seeing eye, which that's like capitalized proper noun in the book, where Duncan was given a personal object of a target, like a, like some hair or something. And then he could effectively see and hear everything the target was seeing and hearing anywhere in the world. Well, like, is that, is that remote, remote kind of, kind of remote, remote viewing. Yeah. 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 But this is distinctly connected to another person. He could kind of jump in and kind of hijack or pirate their, uh, their sense, their senses. Hmm. Creepy. But they developed an altered version of the seeing eye technique, which allowed Duncan to take over a remote subject's mind and then program them to do anything, which is the, the kind of programming that Duncan claimed he had done to him when he was sent to kill Preston Nichols. So this is and does any of this stuff sound familiar to you? Do you can you think of any uh, like maybe a popular Netflix series that had come out within the last few years? Um. No. Okay. Yes. Well, Stranger yeah. Things. <laughs> Stranger Things was heavily, heavily, heavily influenced by the Montauk Project. In fact, the initial project that they were working on was just called Montauk, but then it got changed a little bit. But yeah, Montauk Project. A lot of this is there's there's a lot of parallels in this. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a lot of other the many other sci-fi tropes as well. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Yeah, so Duncan. They keep using him to do this stuff, and he gets he keeps getting more and more powerful. He's able to eventually disable electronics from the chair uh, and also start using telekinesis while he's in the chair. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And even cooler than that, the researchers keep on doing like research and stuff on the time glitches that were arising. And with the assistance of the Delta T transmitters, Duncan 
eventually learns how to warp space and time. What? And also, uh, the Delta tre- the Delta T transmitters were made from information given by aliens. Of course. But these these guys are from Orion. Again, are are the Orions and the Sirius enemies? I don't know. This is just stuff they sort of drop. We're like, oh yeah, these guys were. <laughs> By the way, supply this. Yeah, there's a lot of aliens that have fingers in this whole damn thing, which is kind of one of the things that makes it my favorite wackadoo thing out there. Yeah, it's a big mix of a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's got a lot. It's a, a real smorgasbord. So Duncan, by focusing on a specific date, is able to eventually create portals, uh, which could allow subjects to travel through time. He doesn't really nail it until like a year after he starts doing that. Okay. While over the course of the year, while he's learning to do this, that doesn't stop the Montauk project from sending folks through the portals and stuff. You're having issues where the portals, so it basically opens up, you have a portal, there's like a tunnel that you walk between, and then you exit another portal that he's opened up in some other time space continuum or what have you. Okay. Uh, So basically while he's learning to do this, these portals can drift, which means somebody goes back. They're like, I'm going to go fucking check out some dinosaurs. Go take a look around. Come back. They come back to the fucking cave where the portal opened up and it's gone. So it's like, oops. Um, also, power loss sometimes. Like the power would just go out because they're doing all this crazy shit. They're, they're kind of on the cutting edge here. So like they would just suddenly have a power loss. Time tunnel collapses uh, with A subjects in some other time period so they're just trapped lost there forever or even worse they're traversing the tunnel and the portals close so that means they're just lost in some fucking warped space whatever that's fucked up yeah i was gonna ask how many people are like hanging out with dinosaurs and doesn't knows man find their bodies though who knows who knows Mm, yeah wild it is wild josh i just want to yeah so it should be mentioned that these uh, these portals and stuff, I think they were initially, they were sending military through, but I think they were also kidnapping homeless people, if I'm not mistaken, oh. and sending them through and stuff. Because, I mean, you know, they're considered expendable, which is fucking sad. That's so, cool. yeah. So I'm glad the Montauk Project most likely didn't happen so that there aren't people that didn't, that got sent back to like Napoleonic era and then napoleon fucking makes some devil ham out of their butt um yeah yeah that would be a sad thing yeah i'm with you man so i think we're gonna stop here okay because next episode we're gonna talk about the montauk boys oh boy yeah and what them montauk boys get themselves into this time so that's like a fun title for it but it's actually if on the off chance that this was a real thing, it was actually really fucking sad and fucked up. But so be forewarned, next episode is going to have some kind of I'll, I'll, I'll give a little content warning prior, but it gets dark. Oh, yeah. You're going to go there, huh? I mean, I'm going to brush over it because I, I have to discuss it because it's okay. integral to the Montauk Project That's uh, mythos. But I'm not going to get into detail, obviously. But yeah. So, cool. yeah, we'll we'll stop here with fucking duncan cameron opening up portals all over god's green universe yeah i can't imagine how this is gonna get weirder but i am it is dude it (laughs)
I believe you. I'm hooked. Oh my God, does it get weirder? I'm in. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Josh. I think that's all the time we have for this Pickle Friends. Pickle Friends. Slap, slap, slap. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Best Friend Simulator. Send us an email at joshanddennis at gmail.com. That's Dennis with one N. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Friend Simulator. And thanks to Alan for the theme music. Listen to his podcast, Werewolf Ambulance, and Marveling at Marvel's Marvels. Also, thanks to Justin for the artwork. See more of his stuff at burntobuild.com. That's all the time we have for this outro. Bye. Bye.